Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this day and we thank you for this week of work and we pray now that you would be with us as members of the Regulation Committee. Thank you for our staff and thank you for those that are present today. Bless our chairman. It's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. The only docket we have this morning is 4809, Standards for Licensing Crisis Stabilization Unit Facilities. Easy for you to say. Um, who do we have speaking on the bill? Oh, I did not get the sheet. Sorry. Okay, Miss Miss Phillips. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Chairman, members of the committee. Um, for the record, my name is Katie Phillips, and I'm with DHEC, and we're here to talk to you today about the regulation that we have proposed. It's a new regulation for a crisis stabilization uh, unit, and it is. A new regulation because last year the General Assembly passed Senate Bill 354 to establish this as a new facility type, and so we needed to um, promulgate a new regulation to fill out the rest of the details for this new facility type. And we had a couple of stakeholder meetings. We've worked closely with DMH. Um, a crisis stabilization unit is a facility that um, it's operated by the Department of Mental Health or are operated in partnership with the Department of Mental Health that provides short-term residential programs offering psychiatric stabilization services and brief intervention crisis services to individuals 18 years and older, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but not to exceed 14 days. Um, and that's the definition that's in both the regulation but is copied from statute. Um, the structure of the regulation is consistent with the rest of the regulations that DHEC um, operates other healthcare facilities. And this is most closely similar to the CRCF or the community residential care facility. So it includes things like definitions, licensing, enforcement, um, fees, policies, retention policies, and those type of things. Um, and that's the high-level summary, but we will ha be happy to answer any particular questions because I am sure that there are some. Okay, I, I'll just repeat one I had yesterday. It's, it's on the uh, fees, and I, yes, just for Representative Anderson's uh, benefit. Could you cover those fees? It's on page 19 and 20. Yes. So there are three places in this regulation that refer to fees. One is the application fee, and that's in section 102, subsection 8. Um, there's also the routine and initial inspection fees, and that's in section 202E. And then there's an, a construction inspection fee in 202F. And the authority for all of these fees is, comes from statute in, in several places, um, in particular section 44-7-270 that talks about the applications for licensure and within that it references that the department may charge fees for inspections as well as applications. Um, two places in that section of the code referenced uh, DHEC having a construction program and DHEC looking at plans and the specifications um, and those are detailed out in the regulation, but those are section 44-7300 that relates to plans and specifications, and within that section it talks about um, construction. 
and then DHEC's overview of construction. And then also in 44-7240, it talks about the construction program that DHEC would need to have. And so that is how, where we see the authority come, coming from for these fees. As far as the amounts of the fees, they are consistent with the other regulations that DHEC has, um, in particular the CRCF, which is the closest type of facility. Okay, thank you. Representative Anderson, do you have any questions? Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, so tell me what would be the difference with the crisis stabilization unit facility from the other treatment facilities? And I will do my best to answer this. I may need to um, ask either Russ Morrison, one of our mm -hmm experts in the health facilities licensing or DMH is here as well. Okay. Um, but one thing in particular is that these crisis stabilization units is defined in statute as not to exceed 14 days versus a community residential care facility. That's a much longer term facility. The way I understand it, um, and I'm happy to defer to Department of Mental Health since these are their type of facilities that they are operating, is that this is to get a person stabilized when they're having some sort of mental health crisis, and then you can figure out what the best option for them is, whether they just needed that temporary break or if they need to be sent to some sort of more permanent long-term type facility. So this would take a person, uh, now when you go to the hospital, um, they have like, well, most time it's in the ER. Uh, they have like, you know, patients in there, mental patients, and most times they've got a, you know, I guess we call it law enforcement, someone from the law enforcement uh, there, you know, uh, protecting, you know, the situation. So you're saying with this, uh, you'll be able to take those people away from the hospital and take them to a facility? Well, and yes, I'm happy for you to answer this question. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm Debbie Blaylock. Blaylock. I'm the Deputy Director for Community Mental Health Services with okay. DMH. So the purpose of these programs is to be for ED diversion mm -hmm. and for jail diversion. So we have one in Charleston that exists. It's currently licensed as a CRCF, but it functions as a, a crisis stabilization unit. And how, how it works is if law enforcement has a person that they pick up, let's say for a trespassing, low level offense, they could take the person to a detention center. They could take the person to an ER if they thought the person was having a psychiatric crisis. But instead, they can use this facility that's located in downtown Charleston and drop the person off there. And then the staff there, which is always staffed by an RN and a master's level clinician at minimum, mm -hmm. um, they will evaluate the person. And if the person is voluntary, that is a key to this. It has They have to be voluntary. They can then stay at the crisis stabilization unit and get services. So again, the point is ED diversion and jail diversion for low-level, non-violent offenders. Okay, and, and while you're there, I, I know that you know my um, local director, Ms. Ethel Blake Bellamy, yes. uh, Ori in Georgetown, yes. Williamsburg County. Yeah. Matter of fact, I spoke for them last year um, for an event that they had, and that was part of it. There are not enough facilities, you know, uh, in areas across the state that is needed, you know, which um, Charleston is 60 miles from Georgetown yeah. and even further from Horry County. Yes, sir. So um, with this, are you planning to set up something in every county? Probably every region, because some of the small counties don't need a standalone facility, so they could share one. Mm -hmm. So the other two that are currently being developed, there's one in Spartanburg, and there's one, there isn't one, it's being 
it's, got, it's actually supposed to open May 1st. It's a little bit different than the Charleston model. Um, and then there's going to be one in Greenville that's supposed to open in the fall. Anderson Oconee Pickens is currently talking about opening one based on the Charleston model. And then we'd love to see them other places. I personally am working with the Midlands and the PD area, uh -huh. and I'd love to see one in the, grand, in the grandstand. So, so, so how many regions do you have now? How is DMH divided in regions? Or yes. just DMH is divided into four regions. The coastal region, Midlands, the um, upstate, I call it on the right, <laughs> the Catawba, Rock Hill, that, that area, and then the upstate, Greenville, Spartanburg. Beckman Mental Health Center, Anderson County Pickens. Okay. So this, but the I could easily see the Grand Strand having its own because of the numbers that they have, right? And because of the distance from Charleston, obviously. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're working on the Grand Strand. We will be. And what what has to happen though in these areas, as um, Katie mentioned, DMH is a partner, so there has to be funding because they're rather expensive to run. The Charleston one costs about 1.2 million annually to run. Um, so we ask for hospital partnership, law enforcement partnership, the Alcohol and Drug Commission partnership. Okay. So we have to develop those partnerships. And I have some really good data that I can share with you from the Charleston model. Just It really doesn't relate to the, the, to the statute and the license per se, but it just gives you some information about how they're used, who comes into them, and how many folks they actually are diverting from an ER. So what would be the qualification for... Um, employees and staff members to handle um, these type of you know situations so the the new standard requires an RN on every shift mm -hmm. and it requires access to physician or RN coverage after hours and so in the Charleston model and that's the only one that we have in place so I can tell you exactly what's happening right. there there's um, in the day shift there are five staff on call master's level clinicians RNs and a psychiatrist comes in three hours a day seven days a week and then the psychiatrist is on call 24 7 RN is always on shift 24 7 and master's level clinicians are on, again on in the day after hours there are some bachelor's level clinicians with the RN Okay, so, so it's pretty heavily staffed. Okay, all right. So, yeah. so with your staff there, um, uh, the patient has a a uh, local physician. Is that local physician tied into that, or the patient is handled at this facility, and when they are released, they are referred back to their local physician. So, when you say physician, do you, are you referring to a primary care physician right. or a psychiatrist? Well, primary care. So. So the doctor that we have serving folks is a psychiatrist. Uh -huh. So if they need psychiatry services, they will be referred to somewhere in the community for outpatient psychiatry services after their stay in the crisis stabilization unit. If it, they can always let the primary care physician if the person has one, which is you may know a lot of folks that we serve struggle with having mm -hmm. primary care physicians, but they can give all the information to the primary care physician. In most cases, though, a lot of folks that go into these units need psychiatry because a lot of primary care doctors don't like to prescribe the medications that psychiatrists prescribe. Some do. If it's so, if it's an antidepressant, that's usually not an issue. But if it's an antipsychotic medication, a psychiatrist is typically the only one prescribing those medications. So it just depends on the person's diagnosis. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, I need the, the other presenter to step up. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, talking about this for a while, 
Um, what are the effects that you have received from community and other folks? Um, is everybody on board or um, are there some, you know, problems before? I, I don't believe we have heard anyone who's not in support of this. Okay, so, so you haven't gotten any concerns about, no, don't do this. And, and I'm going to um, look over at Russ Morrison and ask him to come up and help me, but um, I don't believe so, no. He's the okay. one that was working with the regulation closely and working with the, any individuals who had. Okay. I know we received questions and comments during the regulation period, and I think we accepted the majority of those. And then there were, um, but the, the, the ones we did not were not, um, they were more technical type issues. They were not, we are opposed to this type of facility. Okay. All right, okay. All right, Mr. Russ. Good morning, Mr. Chairman, committee members. We have not received negative um, comments from any of the, during the public comment period, uh, no negative comments as far as we don't need this. Actually, we've, it's been the opposite, mm -hmm. uh, that we need these type services in All our right. communities, definitely need them. And so there's been much support. I appreciate the collaboration we've been able to work with in DMH and, and, and I think creating a regulation that is very good regulation. It works for them mm -hmm. and works for us and allows flexibility. Uh, so because of that, I feel like we have support from the hospital association because they did comment. They've mm -hmm. been there. We have, uh, from, of course, DMH's uh, uh, authority and other stakeholders as we've talked uh, and attended other meetings in, across the state are working and thinking about crisis stabilization. It is a hot topic among other areas in the state and other groups. So uh, we have been attending some of those meetings. So, But I have not heard any negative. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, appreciate it, Mr. Chairman. Let me uh, ask you one other question. Uh, Section 102E, with all the mergers and acquisitions of hospital systems, is that going to prevent them from having multiple locations? That's the naming section. It's on page uh, 17. And, and I'm, I'm going to, have we had that question before? I'm not sure if we've had that question. And these proposed facilities are only for these crisis stabilization facilities. So is the question, can a hospital have a crisis stabilization facility in their name? Yeah. So, and, and I think Debbie can speak to that as well. These facilities will be either operated by DMH or in partnership with DMH. So there may be hospitals that would partnership with them. They can use their name. That, that, that regulation specifically is to protect people from having the same name for the same facility. So because that happens sometimes. So we want them to be unique so we can identify them uniquely. So even if the hospital association, if the hospital had, say, Greenville Hospital System, they would designate maybe by city or county or region the specific name. So this is to protect the names for the proposed facilities. Okay. So the hospital could have its own. They could have multiples. The same hospital system could have the same name, but they may be designated in name by, by Greenville. Region yes, by region or okay. Greenville or Spartanburg or Florence or whatever. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Any other questions? Do we have a recommendation? Uh, Mr. Chair, I so move that we pass this on to the full committee. I have a motion that we approve and send forward to the committee with favorable approval. Yes, so all in favor, aye. Aye. All opposed, like, sign. 
and the motion carries. Thank y'all for being here this morning and uh, appreciate it very much. Would you like to see the data that I brought?